doing it without the milking. And then you pour the milk and say, oh, I've got that color. Now that's the only yeah. color I can have now. Do you know what they call that? What? Brewing off vibes. <laughs> you, can't, you can't brew off vibes. Hey, how you doing, everybody? Welcome to Writer's House on Ringer FC. Hope you're all well, man, in this time. Um, what are we talking about today? You know something? Firstly, giving Carl Anker, athletic and rotating guest on Writer's House, flowers, man. Congratulations. Um, we're going to be talking about um, Carl and, and Marcus Rashford and the fact that he got the book. Big him up. England and Jack Grealish. Brilliant performance from Jack. And people saying, oh, you're going to one about Jack. Jack. Jack's getting a mention. Iceland. Playing Iceland, so the last time we played Iceland, Space Jam got a mention. That's how bad we were. Hopefully it won't be the same. And the Premier League is back. We're talking Liverpool, Leicester, Leeds and Arsenal, um, Spurs versus Manchester City. Those three big, big games. We spoke a little bit about the Barclays WSL. It's really good games this weekend. And joining me as well is my man, Ryan Hunt. This episode is brought to you by the Hyundai Santa Fe. For a capable SUV with intuitive tech and safety features designed for all your family's adventures, check out the new Hyundai Santa Fe. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. This episode is brought to you by Nutro Natural Choice Dog Food. Everything dogs do, they give their 100%. Feed them food to help them keep giving it their all with Nutro Natural Choice Dog Food. Nutro, feed clean. Learn more at Nutro.com. Made with non-GMO ingredients. Trace amounts may be present due to potential cross-contact during manufacturing. Guess who's with me today? Yeah, Rye Guy, Ryan Hun. <laughs> hey, Ryan Hun. This is my introduction voice. How you doing, Ryan Hun? Hi, Ian Wright. How are you? Yeah. Oh, man. It's a- this feels very much like, you know, when the star winger gets injured in the warm-up yeah. and then they have to replace it with someone who no one really gives a shit about. Because yes, uh, poor Jeanette Quache. Oh, no. Had, they started. Uh, they started. Yeah, started doing- yeah, doing big roadworks right outside her, oh, sh- her window. Like, Remember they when knocked on the door. They knocked on the door and said, hey, we're going to start yeah. drilling. And I think she dropped the Ian Wright thing. She was like, guys, I'm, I'm about to get on the phone with Ian Wright. And they were like, sorry, we can't wait 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> remember when they started drilling where we had to say ah I yeah we had to cut I had to leave I had to leave righty's yeah. house yeah you know but go um, to the uh, go to the the righty's holiday home <laughs> righty holiday home man what's I gonna say um but flowers man already can you can, can I give out flowers this early it's your house you can do Thank what you want you. it's my house um I gotta give I gotta give flowers out to our man Carl Anker yeah from the athletic here he is he is one of our rotating guests on um, Riley's <laughs> house you know something for him to get that that Marcus Rashford book as a black hawk for, is is an amazing achievement for him. I'm so happy. Mm. When we got that news in the WhatsApp group, it just literally, in respects of trying to um, get, I couldn't get an emoji. So I had to do one of the, those gift memes, which I love. You know, those <laughs> ones where people are fainting and happy and yeah, yeah. Your gift game in the WhatsApp group is big. You're having a gift game? It's big, yeah. I, I, I spend a lot of time trying to find the right one. <laughs> Right, I have you have to find the right one, but it's important. It, you know the thing with the um, with when you what he's going to do, and it's going to be interesting, and I can't wait for it to come out because I know it's going to be magnificent, especially with Marcus Rashford doing what he's doing. But I remember not long ago, I speaking to me, me and Roscoe, I speak to Roscoe, I was saying about you know what worries me, Roscoe, is that my guy's flying too close to the sun. He's doing amazing things, and it frightens me. Because the pattern is when they're doing great stuff, they, they, then they start mm. to look in and they try to find, they try to find something to, to curtail you. They try to find something to besmirch you and, and bring you back down. The uppity end kind of vibe. But we're talking about um, somebody who is so now, I wouldn't say he's protected, but he's got so much support around him. And what he's doing, he's feeding kids. He's encouraging kids to read. He's doing stuff that these people are, are trying to come for him. They literally can't get to him at the moment. He's too strong in what he's doing. We're talking about somebody who's, sta- who's, who's got a direct line into the prime minister. Yeah. He's putting a lot of noses out of 
<laughs> out of joint here. So you know that the, the what them coming with the always oh, buy two million pound houses and this and that, it's it's so lame. It's so weak. It wasn't even like a two million pound house, was it? It was like a few houses that combined made two million. So you, you like know, it's like it's, man, not that it matters anyway. Yeah, but right, it's 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 but it's the way they've done it. It's the it's yeah. the way they've done it. I remember when 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 we were playing, Robbie Fowler was the, it was like an unbelievable business acumen. What ah, oh, what a clever guy. Oh, he's doing this and that. And it was something that was that was lauded. Why why do they do that? Why do they do it where they want to make it look so bad? I can think of one major difference between Marcus Rashford and Robbie Fowler. There's a massive section of society that just it's, don't like young black men having money or young black people having access to things that they don't have access to because they feel like, why don't I have that? Yeah, yeah. They're being sensible and protecting their own futures and their family's futures. And that to some people is not acceptable. You know, the thing is, right, right when you look at it, like I say, from a, a black people's point of view, you look at what's happening and we say, yeah, well, that's coming. It's coming because he's, he's doing too well. And the thing is, the point I wanted to make with it is how the progress, and the progress is, that there's enough people around him now where they can't bring him down. How are you going to have a go at somebody who's feeding kids and then encouraging kids to read? It's progress now. Now they can't find a way to get in. They tried with this ridiculous thing with, the, with, with him buying property because he, he, he just mentioned, I'm just trying to invest for my family for the future. Yeah. You know, so what I'm pleased about, right, is it's, it's progress in respect to the way people are thinking. He's got enough yeah. people around him to protect him now. It's not like how Raheem Sterling, when he had to call it out, then people went, oh my God, it's true. I can't yeah. believe this. Now people say, oh, for Christ's sake, go away. Shooing them away. Shoot them away. Yeah, I think over the last few years, people have started to switch on a little bit more to what actually happens. And I've been, I think this year, it's been, I mean, 2020 has been absolutely grim, but I do think that one of the, it's hard to sit here and kind of say it's a positive, but in the grand scheme of things, it is a positive, is that, how many more white people are more open or aware to yeah. what actually goes on where they haven't been before. Yeah. And I think that that has been something that has filtered in through to the response of the press Absolutely. when they go after young black yeah. footballers or just black people in general. Yeah. Can I tell you something? What's ha- what happened to me yesterday? Um, and it came through from Megan, our PR lady. And we got a letter from a guy in Barnsley. So in 95, I got majorly racially abused at Barnsley. Mm-hmm. And we got, um, and like, obviously, you went on to how it affected, how, you know what I mean? It was, it was, it was horrible, Ryan. Mm-hmm. And anybody who, um, like I say, people who have been racially abused, you, you know what you go through, the humiliation, all the stuff that comes with it. But the fact is, I got a letter from him. I'll read it, right? Because people need to understand the progress and what happens. Because all I'm thinking, when you get racially abused like that, Ryan, all you're thinking is, you know, I hope that one day these people can realize how bad this is, what they're saying and how it makes you feel as a human being. And that's all you can hope for. Mm. That's all you can hope for. So I got a letter from him, right? And it says, good evening. I'm just a random citizen, but I'd like you to please pass this on to Ian Wright for me. I support Barnsley FC and I am one of the people who racially abused him during a football match in 1995. I was young and stupid, but those are no defenses. Poor guy said it was, understandably one of the worst nights of his life. And I would like him to know that I'm completely ashamed of my contribution towards it. And I find myself thinking about it a lot. I apologize for what I did. It was not out of character for me at that time of my life. I have changed since then for the better. Please let him know that I am appalled by my former self. I've wanted to send something like this for a while. Thank you. You know something, I read that. And I had to read it a couple of times because it, it made me well up. Because the only thing you can think about when you do get that racially abused, that kind of racial abuse, sorry, right, is you hope that one day they will realize it was something that you can forgive. But at the time when you're going through it, there's nothing. There's nothing that makes you, it feels so bad. Let me see. Let me, let, let me tell you what I, what I said, right? I wanted to send him something. I said, listen, my friend, there is redemption for everyone. And what you have done is one of the ways we tackle racism, not through revenge or violence, but with honesty and maturity. Because to hate and abuse someone for the color of their skin is ignorance. I'm grateful to you for the time you took sending this email to me and I hold no grudges towards you. We all have a duty to make the world a fairer and better place. You know, so all I would say to him is, you know, 
I'm swear to, I'm sending love to that guy because I don't know what he's been through from that time to this, but him just writing to me because he had to Ryan mm. in the end, he had to, it just makes me feel progress is being made. Progress is being made. And you have to look at the Black Lives Matter, the George Floyd. Would that have happened without that in this particular time? Because things have moved, right, with that. This is the best yeah. it's ever been in respects of moving and progress. I feel really good. My heart smiles at the moment. The, you know, the term doing the work is hard for a lot of people because it makes you have to self-analyze or self-assess your own behavior that you may have. Yeah. Like, and, and, and actually comes to the realization that you may have, you may have dropped the ball a few times, it's inadvertently or not. Apologizing, man. There's nothing wrong with apologizing. But how how are you with all that? You know something, right? You don't get that very often, often in your life. Mm. You don't get something like that, something that's simple that can heal. It it heals you, Ryan, mm. because all that done it bring, it brought me back to those times. It made me fit, made me remember how I felt on that pitch. Made me realize how I felt in the dressing room, in the coach home, and the days afterwards when you think about why, why, why. And all you can hope is that one day somebody says, you know something, I was wrong, man. We're talking about somebody probably in and around the circles he's with. He's gone through so much with the way he's had to think and why he's come to the conclusion of, I've got to apologize, man. You can imagine the people that surround him probably won't be thinking the same as he does. But the fact is, is that he is. So what his job now will be in his mind is, no, I won't stand for it. And if I hear it, I'm going to say something. Mm. when white people say, yeah, but how can I help? What can I do? That's how you help. Yeah. When you get your little time to speak about, tell them about the letter you wrote to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the, and the response you got, because that is how we're going to tackle racism. One person at a time. Yeah, that's such a good point. I, th I think some people get overwhelmed with the prospect of grand change. Mm. I think sometimes they think too big. And mm. actually it starts with, for example, you know, if you're in a WhatsApp group with a load of lads and someone starts slagging off women's football or something, yeah. then say something. Say something, yeah. It's incremental and then yeah. it's accumulative, you know, yeah. and it's like nothing is too small. Yeah. Pulling that one person up on it, I think, really helps. And there's people I know who have U-turned on stuff. There's nothing wrong with U-turning. You know what I mean? Don't, don't feel like, oh God, if I U-turn, it's going to make me... No. But I've just got to mention, just for people who may not have seen, the Manchester United Man City game the other day was, it was, it was... It was just a brilliant game to watch. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed watching it. And it was one of those games where they were going for it. Yeah, yeah. Even when they were 2-0 down. And I was thinking to myself, Man United, they need to... They, I was saying, did you see when I put on the, on the group, I said, they need a Kira Walsh in that midfield. Someone to get <laughs> it and progress it for Man United through yeah. the middle. Because everything with Man United, with Case Stoney, what they're doing, it goes out to the wings. Yeah. When Tobin Heath's goal was fantastic. Man, two angry goals in the game. Two angry goals. That was an angry it. goal, bro. I love it, man. Angry that's celebration good. as well. Angry celebration. You know, I love that kind of celebration. Where, Don't touch me. Let's just get back to the halfway line. I love yeah. it. Like, none of you say anything. Just fix up. Kind just of fix thing. up. And this is, this, is what I, this is what I do. I scored to get us back. Yeah. Just come on. Honestly, it was brilliant. Yeah, man. I, and also, Casey Stoney. Casey Stoney's just, oh, she, you know what? She's just, like, when, even when they were 2 0 down, Ryan, I was looking at Casey Stoney and she just had a look like, I don't want to see her in the dressing room. I don't want to go in the dressing room and see what Casey Stoney says. No. And even when she was talking to them at the side, she's talking to them at the side and she's got a natural authority about her that you just feel like, I, I, everything you're saying, I've, I've got it. I'm, do, yeah. I'm going to do it. When I wrote that tweet about her get up, Tim Stillman responded saying something like, uh, she looks like she's definitely handed out a couple of choke slams in the, and I said <laughs> and I said I said yeah but like probably using just just using the dark side of the force so it's like I imagine like if, can you imagine going into the dressing room at half time and it's like you walk in Casey's only stood there in the middle of the dressing room just with her arm out and like Jackie Grunin pinned against just the wall like, with, with, choking. It's like nothing holding her out yeah she's, <laughs> it's like when Darth Vader says I'm worried about your lack of faith while he's choking him from about 20 yards away. That's what, that's what you can Casey see. Casey's only just coming into the dressing room and all the players just like crumbling, like they're being choked. And she's saying, I'm worried about your lack of faith. And then she lets them go. Yeah. But even on the post-match interview with Claire Balding on, on BT Sport, um, Claire Balding said something like, um, you know, the first half and Casey Stoney was like, hands in pockets. Yeah. And she was just like, yeah, it's totally on me. And I, and I was watching it from a laptop bro. in Berlin and I was just like, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. You know something, what I saw, which was maybe why I enjoyed the game even more 
right, is no faffing about, no fucking diving around. No, people getting there's up. Never people, any, no, there's never any diving. People, yeah. get, picking people up, getting on with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're talking about people, and we're talking about robust challenges. Yeah. And it's really quite noticeable that, you know something, this game's just flowing. It's just flowing. There's no foolishness. There's no one making me say, God, Jesus, get up with you. Christ, yeah. nothing wrong. It was just a great game to watch. It, it yeah. felt very pure for me. Yeah. You know, even when they were 2-0 down United, I just thought, to be honest, City, I thought they were quite wasteful. Yeah. Because there was a time where I was watching Mewis in the midfield and she just looked like, like a, a, oh, she's completely commanding. She just looked so much more yeah. commanding and just so yeah. big. She looked like a, a, like a 14-year-old playing with like nine-year-olds for, yeah. for, for a period in that game. But then all of a sudden, Man United just, they just started to play, just do their stuff. Kirsty Hansen, I've got to say, when she came on, Ryan, unbelievable performance. Mm. You know what? When you watch a player come on, right, you can look in their face, look in their eyes and see, oh, they're just going to come on just to, to come on. She came on with purpose. And that is how I like to see substitutes come on. I'm coming on to do something. I'm coming on with purpose. She did it. She did it because I remember when I played Ryan and I, when I was substitute in, in, like in, in games, certain games, when I'm watching the game, I'm literally watching it saying, just, I, I, I don't need, I just want one chance. I'm going on to get one chance because no matter how long you're on for, I remember I used to say this to Jermaine Defoe, I say it to all, you will get a chance. You will get a chance. And when I came on a substitute, I'm going on to do something. Oh, man, when you used to come on, it, it was like, like in Gladiator, like <laughs> the doors go up and you don't know what's coming out. And it's just a fucking righty on the field at Wembley. Couple of angry goals and angry celebrations that game. Oh, man, I'm telling you, man. This episode is brought to you by the Hyundai Santa Fe. Around the bend, across the pond, off the beaten path, there's a lot of ways to say you're going places, but only one SUV that helps you get there as a family. The newly redesigned Hyundai Santa Fe. It's the SUV made for getting out there and doing more together. Take the scenic route with available H-Track all-wheel drive and a suite of intuitive safety features for more peace of mind. Plus, you'll stay comfortable wherever you're headed with the Santa Fe's available premium Napa leather seating, generous room for five, and sophisticated interior styling. Learn more about the Santa Fe by going to HyundaiUSA.com. This episode is brought to you by Nutro Natural Choice Dog Food. Tail wags that could clear a coffee table. Getting a whiff of a new friend's behind. Chasing squirrels, even in their sleep. Everything dogs do, they do with everything they have. Nutro Clean Recipes gives them the energy they need to keep living their best life with recipes that help them give it their all. Made with non-GMO ingredients, except the trace amounts that may come in contact during manufacturing, Nutro Natural Choice makes it easy to feed your dog well. With no artificial flavors or preservatives and recipes that would make any dog drool, you'll both be doing a happy dance when you fill up their bowl. Nutro. Feed clean. Learn more at Nutro.com. Trace amounts may be present due to potential cross-contact during manufacturing. That kind of takes us nicely onto my unapologetic love for Jack Greedish. And the fact that I've been beating the drum for him to be in the side, because since he's come on the scene, the way his game's progressed and what he's done now, and me calling for him to be in that squad because he's the player we've needed. And the mm -hmm. stick that I was getting, I was reading some real nasty stuff from some people in respects of, we lost the game. Why is everybody going on about it? This and what Jack Grealish showed in that game against Belgium, right? Which is mm -hmm. probably going to be one of the teams that's going to be challenging. I don't think they'll do it, not without defence. I'm going to be totally honest, unless they've got some aces in the pack that we don't know before the Euros and, and, and World Cups. But, but what Jack Grealish showed in every single juncture where he ended up on that pitch was that is the player we are going to need. Now, no one's saying build a team around him. No. No one's saying build a team around him. But what it's he showed... It's hard to build a side about, around anyone at international course. level unless yeah, you've got Messi or Ronaldo or something. Exactly. You know I mean? And even if you have, you, yes, you, you can funnel the ball to them, but you're not like building everything around him because even even Maradona in 86 it wasn't like the team mm. was built around him he had unbelievable players Burachaga you know what I mean people like Valdano that brown at the back the centre half who scored the goal Passarella Passarella Julio Alatico Alatico some names in that squad man unbelievable 
The point I was making is, is that even with that team, they had brilliant players around him. And Maradona was the, he was just, that was it. The icing on the cake. And you could tell with the last goal he set up for, for Burachaga, where he just got it in that nice little number 10 area and just bam, touch it, boom, flicked it through to him and he went through and finished it well. What I'm saying with Jack is, Jack, all we need for Jack is to just pop up in those areas and just keep things moving. Just like the little bit of skill he done at the end there against Mounier. You know what I mean? The way he was taking people on, you know, dropping back into the left back spot and whipping a, a great ball over into the left wing area. Just someone that wherever he ends up on the pitch, he's going to progress the ball. But the thing what I'm saying, Ryan, what really annoys me is that people say, oh, you're going well over the top. I'm not going over the top. But when you watch us against Croatia with nobody to bring us like what you and like uh, Musa called the chaos, without mm. bringing the chaos, he brings chaos. I think this is the thing about international football, which is so different to club football. You get so little time with the players and the squads are never fully stable that it is really, really hard to implement a super well-drilled yeah, system. Structure. Yeah, yeah. Because you're taking 25 guys or 21 guys, depending on the size of the squad, whatever, from multiple different systems that they're mm. getting on a day-to-day basis. And it's hard to fuse chemistry that quickly. So the thing about someone like Grealish is it's not necessarily just all of a sudden like, oh, he's the flavor of the month. Mm. I think like Roy Keane would say, oh, the Messiah. No, no, it's not that at mm. all. I think what we were saying was like, I think we were saying last week, you, me and Carl, when, when you have this like structure-based football now, or well, so much of it is mm. focused on structure, that when you have people who can kind of jazz a bit. Yes, and riff. Yeah, and I think that's what someone like Grealish is, is like, he's a baller. And that's mm. why I think someone like Jaden Sancho, even though, Jaden hasn't been in the best patch of form this season so far. Mm, I think that's understandable. He's yeah. only just 20 years old. Mm-hmm. But um, someone like Jaden, I think, will be another player like that. Like yeah. About the, the Belgium game, I actually think England played better in this game than they did at the one at Wembley. Yes. Where they won. Yeah. But the thing is, Ryan, is that playing out of the back? You know, because for me, Mason Mount there, just, just spin, just spin Vertonghen. When you looked at it, I saw the left back was too far forward. It's the kind of thing where Gareth has got to be saying, listen, I know we want to play out from the back, but that ball wasn't on mm. where, where they nicked it off us. It was, it, it was like the trap was set. Let, let Dyer have it. Don't, give, don't, don't close him down because we want him to feel like he could pass it into that gate. But don't worry because Vertonghen, is, when you watch it in slow motion, Vertonghen, mm. as the ball is getting ready, to, Vertonghen's already going. Vertonghen is not in the Premier League no more. It's because he doesn't want to run in those areas. He wants the people that, that they play in towards him, right? He wants the people mm. who they play in towards the forward so he can go and close down and really rash them and, and try and win it off them. But Tongan doesn't want to spin. He's not got the pace that he once had. But he's, no. I'm a big fan of Jan Vertonghen. I think the thing, he's one of those guys. He reminds me actually a little bit of when Tony Adams started to age. You remember when Tony Adams started to not fly in as much yeah, as he used Yeah, to? yeah, yeah. Use the experience then, yeah. And it just, it would almost be marking space because mm. he knows where it's going yeah and I like that about Vertonga. yeah but the thing with that Ryan is is that for me and, and me watching it I, 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 this is what I'm saying I'd study that I'd study Vertonga mm-hmm. because like for me I would say to Eric Dyer I'd say to Eric Dyer if I'm Mason Mount do you see me here I, I don't want it here just, just, mm. just, just hit it as hard as you can over there because I'm spinning because when you look at that that is what we're going to need to do we're going to mm. need to do that because I, you could see that Belgium and, and, and um, Martinez has said, as soon as Eric Dyer gets it, make sure that everybody's close to everybody else. But you know, you know why we're talking about the fact that we've got Iceland doing a game for, doing a game, um, for ITV, but playing under pressure in those Euros with the Iceland game oh. <laughs> is the first time I actually saw England players with the expectation that's always put on England. I thought that they went into that competition without that I genuinely mm. did I thought they, they didn't have as much pressure as England teams have had going into tournaments previously but to watch them in that game especially that second half after remember we scored within four minutes with that we got a penalty Sterling remember so mm. I'm thinking yes this is I'm still perfect. not sure if that was a penalty <laughs> well you know I take it I, we, we took it and the thing is you're thinking brilliant perfect settle, oh. settle us down we'll be fine bam and then after that, it was just like, you know the thing with an Iceland? You have to know your enemy. Mm. And you have to know that Iceland, if they are losing, 
five nil. They're not giving up. Yeah. So the main thing is, is that no matter what you're doing in respect of how good we are, how great Harry Kane can be, what Sterling can do, what this, we've got to see this team off. That is the main thing. Mm. We have to put, it's like, it's like um, a top team. Exercise some demons. Exactly. You know what you're going to get from them. They're not going to lie down. And the problem we had scoring that early is that we didn't do anything. We didn't play in any kind of way or structural way that made me say, yeah, we're tiring them out. Yeah, it's only going to be a matter of time. They just slowly, slowly just saw, you know something, you could feel when the Iceland players thought, you lot, I'm not afraid of you lot. And mm. then when they scored with the most, with, with their only real weapon, what they had, the throw-in, one's going to stay on the edge of the box, one's going to come off the post and one's going to go, one's going to flick it on from the edge of the 18-yard the, um, the box to the back post. We know that. And they scored a goal like it. I can still see Lee Dixon's face when he was saying, why didn't they change it at half time? Honestly. And then, <laughs> and then you think to yourself, okay, we're in a game. And then when you're watching it, watching the ball go under people's feet, watching people not wanting the ball, mm. you know, watching people taking the easy option, watching jo- Joe Hart at the start as well was so, I was scared of jo- Joe Hart's demeanor oh, yeah, at the start. Saying, you were like, he was too, he's too And you know the thing about that just before you go on, Ryan, is that Dave Seaman was so calm. And this is why I noticed it because Dave Seaman was so calm, you didn't even notice him. But, but Joe Hart in the tunnel was so lined up. How do you catch the ball when you're all lined up like that? Oh. You know what it is? I have a theory about this. What? I think it should be mandatory for all goalkeepers to have a moustache. A moustache. <laughs> that just brings a natural calmness. It just brings a natural calmness. Look, he's got a moustache. He's so cool. Yeah, yeah just like... Handlebar one. No, just whatever you need, man. Whatever you need. I think that it's like the golden era of calm goalkeepers. Look at the moustache ratio. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw David Seaman without a moustache and I was like... It's really weird, bro. Whoa. Yeah, it is. It is just really weird because it's like something that you you just... You're not meant to see, actually. You're yeah. not meant to see David Seaman without a moustache. He hasn't got one now. Yeah. And you think to yourself, every time I look at him, it just does, his face isn't the same. Yeah. Imagine if Tom Selleck just rocked up oh without a moustache now. It's just like, wrong. why would you do it? You wouldn't want to like, do you know what? Do you know who I'm really proud of, actually? Go the on. people who are, who are, you know, pushing things forward to a new generation. And actually, if you think about it, Serge Gnabry has got a hell of a lot karma since he started just, getting just, his moustache. something about a moustache. The chairman of like, the European Moustache, <laughs> Football's Moustache Committee, <laughs> William Carvalho. Oh my God. <laughs> when have you ever seen... Right? And think about it. When have you ever seen William Carvalho in a hurry? <laughs> Let me see. William Carvalho looks like he could be an, a 70s American detective with a big like, the brown coat on, with the way his hair is and the moustache. But he could have been in the, like, the streets of San Francisco. He could have been in that show with Michael Douglas and Carl Morden. Like he'd be Sergeant Bill Carvalho. <laughs> like he just—it looks great on him, doesn't it? There is something. It looks oh, dude, great. I love. Remember Ian Carvalho, Rush. Man. Remember Ian Rush. Um, who? Yeah. Again, Ian another one. Rush. As soon as his mustache went, I was just like, he lost mm. his power, man. You know, what I was going to say just, just quickly on the, just to, to blast back to the Iceland. Oh yeah, sorry. I remember. <laughs> you know, no, I remember. You know, watching the game, and while I was watching the game, is where I came up with the the Space Jam. Yes. Proto Stadio. Pro, thank you. You know, and the thing is, it's like, I don't know how comes I came in with that, but like it, it literally, it just went so crazy. It went crazy because obviously people who have seen Space Jam and that, you can know exactly what I was saying because watching players of the stature that I was watching, you know, Harry Kane, Wayne Rooney, Sterling, all of the guys, everybody who was playing, watching them look like somebody has taken their talent from them drain them mm. of their talent was for me it was desperation because I was thinking because can you imagine what it's like so the game finishes Ryan you know that there's millions of people getting ready to say oh let me see what Ian Wright says let me see what, let me see what they're going to say and you're thinking to yourself all I've got in my head is space jam <laughs> can you imagine and I was thinking to myself I can't what am I going to say to people like they some the monsters have taken their talent the thing I loved about that, because I watched that back the other day, <laughs> and Mark Pugach is desperately trying to do this, like, 
is this a cultural problem in English football and the Premier League is so rich with money and, you know, the Iceland don't have any professional teams. Is this a massive thing? And you're just like, no, no, not really. It's like the Monstars in space. <laughs> he's like, he's trying to do this massive, massive like, build up. English football broken. And he's like, broken. no, it's Space Jam, no, right? Man. Coming with Simple. that energy, by the way, that's, you should have had a mustache. I should, that's mustache energy, wasn't it? I can't grow one. And that's why I hate them. But the clean shaven is the way forward. I'm too pale, man. I look, I think because of, the way that my face is, if I'm clean shaven, it's like, it's like that. Hang on. It's like what? <laughs> it's like your thumb. It's just a thumb. It's a thumb with eyes, basically. Scotland qualifying, bro. Yeah, you were with Ali McCoy, oh, you know, right, when it happened. And this is, what, this is the things that, um, that people don't see. These are the, the moments, you know, like, um, like when me and Ali watched England draw 2-2 with Scotland at Hamden. Amazing. Amazing. Halley tells a story about how we were giving each other stick and fans giving stick. But when Marshall saved that penalty, watching watching Ali because we was doing the television, we was doing the show live. Remember, and you mm. can hear Ali down there screaming, living it, going through it, and then to be there with him when Scotland, with everything what Scotland's been through, the managers, mm. the players, the just everything was happened. The managers that just leave them when it's going really well for them. You know what they've. Tr- for Steve Clark to come in and get them with the players he's got, because we're talking about what a decent coach can do, who can organise and get the best out of the players he's got, and then you get them rallied, what it means to play for the Tartan Army, what it means to play for Scotland. And then you see someone like Ali, when he watched it, and they, honestly, you should have seen how we were hugging. And everybody, Englishmen, everybody were down there, because obviously Ian Dowie was there, unfortunately, Ireland. Island went out, so he was yeah. he was very very sad. But you can imagine what it's like. Ali was welling up. What it means to him, and it's just nice to be in that environment to see that happen. Pure joy, pure joy for the Scots. I mean, I have so many friends from Scotland, and have you know spent a lot of time kind of growing up to Scotland when I was a kid, and have done as an adult. And I've never really got the England Scotland rivalry from an England point of view mm. because I just love it so much. <laughs> And I just love the place. I love the people. Yeah, and I love so, the people. Love the Scots. From a football point of view and from a personal point mm. of view, I'm so happy. I'm delighted for that them. they're going. Can you imagine? We're going to play. We're going to play them, aren't we? England. Yeah, I know. And do you know what? What? I'm massively confident oh about God. it. Oh my God! We're talking. We're talking like that already. There's no fear there. Yeah. It's very much like a. And I'm not saying that Scotland like Iceland at all. And I'm not saying that Iceland are tiny, 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 tiny because right, that Iceland squad has got scenario. some amazing players. Yeah, but. There's a European Cup winner in that yes, Scotland team. Yes, yes. There are Premier League players in that Scotland team. There are good, good players. When we play against them, for me, I'm afraid. No, but even if you look at their bench against Serbia, right? Stuart Armstrong's on there. Yes, sir. Ollie Burke's on yeah. there. Ollie McBurney's on there. And we're talking about players, and right? Craig Gordon on the bench. Exactly. You know? Steve Clark will know exactly how to play against us. He'll know yeah, exactly, exactly how to play against us. And then you, you make it that rough, tough, Old game. Mm-hmm. They're going to get people tight on Jack Grealish if he's playing, Jaden Sancho, Sterling. You know what I mean? They're going to be tight on, they're going to do the best they can to condense the game, make it, mm. make it a scrap. Mm. And then they bring on one of the big guys and hang one up in the top there. That's the way you play against England. Then it's up to the England boys to say, right, we're ready for this. Mm. We're ready for whatever they're going to do. And we've got better players. And so we should stick to our game plan. We're going to, we're going to, the fight, we're going to go in for the, we're ready to fight and we're ready to play. Because if they win the fight, they win the game. Yeah. I think this is the thing that England are, I actually think under Southgate, I've seen a little more sign of progress is the managing occasions from a mental perspective. Mm. I think they're better than they have been. You know, I think that, for example, you know, you lose to Croatia in the World Cup, that Croatia side had a Ballon d'Or winner in it. Yeah. And probably wasn't even the best player in that side. Mm. Think about it, that, that year or the, for that run. Can I just and say, I, think, I thought Rakitic was much better in the World Cup than Modric, you know. Exactly. But like yeah, Modric... That's what I meant, yeah. Because I watch Rakitic and just gets, he just he just gets on with it, man. The yeah. quality. Disrespected. He's in that Barcelona he was in it, of course he was. He was. Sorry, sorry yeah. to stop you. No, no, but that's the thing. I think that England are getting better at managing occasions than they were. Mm. This episode is brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. If you vape, you could be inhaling toxic metals into your lungs. 
To make you feel how scary that is, we could have gone to town with some real scary music. Thrown in some zombie sound effects or some blood-curdling screaming and over-the-top shrieking. You get the point. But nothing is as scary as the facts. Vaping can deliver toxic metals like nickel and lead in your lungs. That's metal. In your lungs. Read up about the dangers of vaping on therealcost.gov. Right, I've got to say, the, the games this weekend, man. The games this weekend. Leicester Liverpool. Um, we've got Tottenham City. Arsenal Leeds. Oh, man, I thought you were going to say. What did you, what'd you thought I was going to say? Hair to Dortmund Saturday night. <laughs> no, I'm not saying I got, my, to I, I got my accreditation recre- uh, rejected because it's. You, you can't go. Like, no, it's not because they because they've got uh, well the last game I was at the only ghost game I've been to was the Leverkusen game towards the end of last season, and there was like nine people in the press box because there's just COVID. But Dortmund's a big one. That's like usually the busiest there. The Hertha press box is Seriously? Like Dortmund or Bayern in town. But yeah, but yeah, man, big games in the Premier League though. Well, I'm, I'm feeling like. Um... This is a real test for Liverpool, simply because of who's missing. Yeah. They haven't got any of their back four playing. But what I love about Liverpool, they're not looking to buy anybody in January. The way they don't panic. Mm-hmm. We know that um, Mo Salah now ain't playing, but they've got Diego Jota there. So, and who can play in any of those three places up front. You know what I mean? So this is a case where, again, the signing of Diego Jota, if they can beat this Leicester team, which I think is going to be very tough, right, simply because of what Leicester do, who Leicester have? Vardy scoring against the top teams. Madison didn't get picked the other England. Tielemans. What the midfield of Liverpool in this game are going to have to be right on it because if Liverpool don't close down that midfield and Vardy is able to kind of like penetrate a, a high line that haven't got their main guys in it, we're talking mm. about something that could be quite painful. So this is why when you look at Liverpool, right? And if Liverpool can get through this test with that back four and then maybe Jota coming up with a goods, you have to say that Liverpool, man, te- mentally and physically elite, they get through this. Yeah, Liverpool have been managing this run of games really quite well. Four wins and a draw in the mm. last five games in all competitions with a number of injuries. You know, they drew against City and they absolutely hammered Atalanta yes. away. I mean, Atalanta yeah. are just like leaking goals yeah. left, right and centre at the moment. But they're kind of getting through it. It goes back to the Ajax game, actually. Yeah. The Ajax game was like the first of this run where the injury started, started creeping creep, and Klopp yeah, was just like, yeah. listen, you can't, you can't always play unbelievable football. You, sometimes you just need to win the game. Yeah, but they went through that season where they, uh, no one got injured. Yeah. I don't want to dig up this point, but this is why I wrote that piece for The Ringer about chaos. It's yeah. just like, it was so glaringly obvious really early on that, first of all, this is a little bit of a side point, so I'll be quick, but mm. I could understand resuming football last season to finish competitions that were, had been stopped. Yeah. I was a lot less convinced about then restarting yeah, comp- so new competitions so soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When everything was so up in the air and yeah. players hadn't had a break. People don't have too much sympathy on that. They just think like, oh yeah, but just, you know. People don't realise the importance of a pre-season and integrating players and getting that fitness and being able to... People just think that, oh, do you play for... Just get on with it. They just don't realise the intricacies, man. Yeah, but there's also then the physical and mental aspect of it. Mm. It's like, you look at the NBA, for example, it's like, Everyone might be like, oh, LeBron James has got millions of dollars. Who cares how he feels? Yeah. He was away from his family for like three months. Mm. Like his kids, his yeah. wife, in a, in a, in a complex yeah. in fucking Disney World in Florida. Free Playing months. basketball. Yeah, it was like, this is hard, mm. you know? And I think that a lot of, I think a lot of what footballers are going through now. <sighs> I mean, there was a massive thing at the end of last season with uh, Dinamo Dresden in the Zweite Bundesliga where they, they kept having loads of cases and their squad was just threadbare. Mm. And they ended up with a massive fixture backlog and ended up going down because they were all just knackered. And it wasn't fair, you know, and it was, and it's, and I think you're seeing this this season now where the playing field isn't level. No, it's not. You know, if, 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 for example, like, and this is why I, f- I find the, the international stuff during a massive second wave of a pandemic yeah. completely wild, to be honest. Crazy. You're jeopardizing the domestic competitions. When they, they, if you look at it, actually, when it was just the domestic competitions, and they managed that really well with the, with the Champions League yeah. and the Europa League being in one, one place. place. Yeah, bam. As soon as they've opened it up and everyone's traveling again, yeah. there's cases left, right, and center. Yeah. And I mean, I don't have the answers. I'm doing a, I, I do a fucking football podcast. <laughs> 
I don't want to sound like a real fence sitter here, but I'm quite zen about football this season. It's like a lot of people who ask questions about like Arteta and Arsenal and stuff like that. And I've always said that actually I refuse to get too wound up about it this season mm. because it's, it's not right. It's not, it's not normal. It's just, it's not, it's, it, yeah. you can't, you're not judging it through normal circumstances. No. So in a massively long-winded way, I think if Liverpool, I, I've got a funny feeling this game might not be a classic actually. You don't think? Leicester. I think I, it, yeah, I think but the it thing is, might, it might not be a classic. But I just think that it is one there for, there's a lot to come out of it from, for me, from, for both teams. If Liverpool can yeah. win this game with the injuries they've got, um, then you have to say, listen, we're talking about a team that's for the ages now. Mm. Because that means we're talking about players like William, like Necker Williams, like Nat Phillips, you know, Milner, how long can this guy go on just, plugging gaps and doing great work. You know, players like that doing stuff. Then Jota coming in because he's the only, he made that signing. Can they keep it together against a Leicester team that no one could tell me that Brendan Rodgers does not think he's got a chance of winning the league this year. Oh, dude. With the team he's got and the, and the calibre of coach he is. Brendan Rodgers thought he was going to win the league at Swansea. <laughs> exactly. Rodgers always believed. Like I say, it's a it's a massive one, just like Tottenham and City. Oh, man, Pep Mourinho again. Can I say with um, Mourinho, man's as hard as it is for some people to give that guy love, and pr- he's starting to get it now. I think the Tottenham fans and the players are starting to see it. Just I, in respects of the defense with Sanchez and Odoviarold, and are they, are they good enough? I'm not sure, but with Hoiberg. And the way Kane's playing, the way Son's playing, you know what I mean? Reggion, you know, it, it, it's starting to happen for Spurs. Something's happening. And I've said this, and I said it to my Arsenal player, and I said, nah, man, but they're going to do the Spurs thing, and they're going to just, not with Mourinho. Mm. You know, if anybody's looking at Spurs now, and you look at City, who, let's face it, we know that they've missed out on Aguero in respect of the injuries and Jesus, and they're not scoring the goals that they scored. When you look at, the goals that City did score. Last season, after the first like seven, get 27 goals. And then before it's 21 and 22, 18. And like this season, first seven games, 10 goals. They are mm. not scoring. They're not creating right. and scoring at the rate they were. You know what I mean? When you look at their average goal, average expected goals, it was 2.5. Now it's gone down to like one point, what's it? 1.4. City at the moment coming up against a Tottenham side that are like free scoring. Harry, you know, they're stopping defensively with Hoiberg. You know what I mean? The, the amount of like, what's it? And, and the amount of things that he's stopping, the amount of fouls that Spurs are, are committing now. They're doing that mm. stuff. Remember what City used to do? Making those fouls and stopping teams from playing. You know, the chances that they're creating. Most chances created, 21. Most in the league. Mm. Goals from open play, 14. Most in the league. Shots, 111, most in the league. Shots on target, 45, most in the league. Spurs are now getting to a place where you're thinking, if they go and play against this City side, which, like we say, are not free scoring, then now they haven't got the, the wingers where Sterling on the right would stay right, Sane on the right, and give them that width in the, that, that space in the middle where people could come in and do their stuff. Or even if they do come in, you've got the... The, um, the left back and the right back bombing outside and making those chances mm. what they used to make City. And then, you know, they cut it back, someone taps it in. They're not doing that no more. No. I think also though, the, 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 the league is really weird this year where, I mean, Spurs have, Spurs have scored 19, only Chelsea have scored more. Mm. No one's conceding less than a goal a game. Mm. It is weird. There's something weird going on. But I think with City, obviously they missed Aguero for a while yeah. and Jesus as well. Yeah, but they seem there's something with the energy of City at the moment. You know something? I, I don't think people understand. You know when you see a boxer get taken out by a body blow that he just wasn't expecting mm. and you're thinking, okay, you could get... But the body blow, when you get it, it just literally, it just knocks, the, just knocks everything out of you. And I think that as much as people say, yeah, but that was a few, a couple of years ago now. They chased them down and were only beaten by one point, get, getting 97 points. The next season... They beat them by 25 points. Mm. So you can imagine City before that was saying, oh, Liverpool's coming. Then they came, only won by one point. Then they absolutely annihilated them with the 25 points. And then they started the season doing what they're doing again. I, thought, I think we're also in un, uncharted territory with regards to Pep. Yeah. 
Now, he's never had a fifth season anywhere. I think maybe the, the Leon hangover might be. A yeah. Thing because I remember De Bruyne saying kind of, I think it was De Bruyne, said something like, why are we playing like this now? We've not played like this all season. Yeah. Is like, that why Pep doing his stuff for, again? Why are we changing for Leon? Yeah. yeah, but that's um, what Pep does, Ryan. I've heard you say it. Why um, does he change? Because he is so much going on with him in his head. He, he, mm. he, has to, he, he has to tinker with something that doesn't need it. I just think this is the thing with, what's the word? With what? Well, let's just say with geniuses, like fuck it. Mm, like, he is like, genius, I think so. They always need something to think about. I just think that there's something going on with the whole shift in dynamic of the Premier League. And again, it might just be, it might be, I sound such like such a fence sitter in the scenarios, but I'm, I think sometimes it could just be the state of play. You think? You know, and maybe, and maybe they get their groove because like we said, like they went deep in Europe. So they got even less of a preseason. People won't have any pity with that, with what, because no, people, I mean, I don't have pity. It's no, just no, a reality no. thing. Yeah, but that's it? what I'm so, saying. But you, you're, I think mm. you're, of course, with the times, we, we're not expecting to go deep into, into the, into the Champions League. And then you have to then start a season as quickly. You know, like three weeks later. Right. Whatever, so two weeks later, you have yeah. to say in that respect. And like I said earlier, people underestimate how important it is to have the time to rest, have the time to get fit properly and do what you're doing when you're under the pressure that City are under. And like I say, people won't have a lot of sympathy towards that. But at the same time, there seems to be an, an exhaustion. There does seem to be something happening where you just look at them. And I know that Kevin De Bruyne looks like now he's going to sign a new contract, but I can't imagine if somebody was trying to tempt him away and he was thinking, well, is it going to happen here? And Kevin De Bruyne weren't there because I look at their team and I look at anybody going to play them at the moment and they, the invincibility, what they had, that mm. it just seems to, it seems to be gone. You see, I'll tell you what it's like. It's like my missus. I was saying, don't, let's not get our car with beige seats. <laughs> After a while, Ryan, as nice as it looks now, no matter, at some stage you're going to look at it and you say, we just can't get that color back. Look at it. It's just, that's how I feel that they are. They've got to a, a shade where it's not quite like it was. I feel that's where they are at the moment. I think maybe this is just a slow start to the season based on everything we said. I mean, if you think about it, the only game they've lost was the Leicester game and Leicester have proved to be no mugs. At the time, it seemed more of a shock than it probably would have been if it had happened now. I think yeah. better to say. Yes. They drew with West Ham, but West Ham have been in quite a good run of form and they drew with Leeds. So in isolation, if you'd say the three games in the league that you're going to drop points from this season are going to be Leeds away, which is one of the best games of the season so far. An informed West Ham and an informed Leicester side. They've stung City yeah, a few a times. A few times, but then, right, come on, man. We're talking about a City side that once, when Pep came, done, started doing their stuff, especially when they got the 100 points. Talking about a City side that people were saying they were probably going to dominate for the next five, 10 years. They were talking, yeah. it was ridiculous. No, yeah. When we look at Leeds, who are a, a team that's come up, and yes, we're talking about Bielsa and we're talking about chaos. It's amazing. You don't know what you're going to, you don't know what's going to mm. happen. You're talking about a, a Leeds side that I've got nothing but admiration for. And we'd we'll speak about them in a minute because they, they, they've got Arsenal, but it's still for City, those games that they have to win, a team that's just come up. You know, same with West Ham, whatever form West Ham's in, yeah. Fine, but the caliber of player that City can put out, they know how to win those games, but they're just not doing it. Like you're saying, everyone's operating on different mm -hmm. timelines this season. So I think that, yeah, they need to click into gear quicker, for sure. But they've got a game in hand on yeah. the top lot anyway. And if they win that, they're only three points behind top. Right, you're looking at Liverpool now, right? Mm. The goalkeeper, yeah, he's just come back. If Liverpool are weak and if Leicester can beat them, right? This is the time where you're thinking, if I'm in the City dressing room, I'm thinking... You know something, if we're gonna if we're gonna start to close gaps and start to put some pressure, this is the time to do it for right now. Yeah, they need to start now. Yeah. Because because I think one of the things that the Premier League has shown this season is how quick things can change. Yes. It's like Everton no winning four after looking pretty great for the beginning of the season, and then all of a sudden they're down to seventh. Villa dropped off because of those two defeats. Three wins for Spurs, no defeats in what? since the opening day of the season in the league and all of a sudden they're up a point behind Leicester. It's mm. like, it can change so quick. Is Mourinho thinking, you know something? Can you imagine, man? You know something? No, and it's something I don't like to imagine. But <laughs> I've got to say, for my, you know with a Spurs fan, because you know you as an Arsenal man, we've got Spurs fans, our Spurs friends, 
that we like. You know, the Spurs fans that, like, yes, the rivalry's there, but you're kind of pleased for them. There's something's mm. happening. Not the ones that, I've got some Spurs mates who are just like, too, it's too much. To the point where, you know, when you're on the cusp of falling out with them because they, t- they take it too far with, the, with some of the banter. You know, mm. what I mean? you know what I mean? And as much as like, yes, I'm a grown man and I should know better. Sometimes <laughs> when you get off the phone, you say, you can get on my nerves sometimes. But <laughs> the fact is, the Spurs fans that I'm catering to are the ones that are those Spurs fans that you can like and you're quite pleased for them because they see it yeah. in, a, in a fan's eye where, you know, something, something's happening for us and I'm really excited and I'm pleased. And then you get somebody who tries to shut them down. Yeah, but you're Spursy. But the fact is they've got Mourinho yep. who will not let that happen. No, I mean, I, 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 when I started doing football stuff, it allowed me to compartmentalise like the tribalism aspect yeah. of football. And just appreciate, and actually, in a weird way, I know a load of fans. I get, I get shit sometimes from Arsenal fans for not oh, being right. enough of an Arsenal fan, just because I can talk about Spurs quite objectively yeah. in a football sense. But that doesn't mean that when I'm watching a North London derby on my own, I'm exactly. screaming at the TV. Exactly. They're two different things for me. Yeah, that's something I'd hope no one ever done of me is is film me watching a North London derby on the sly. That would be me finished. If we ever do it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish. I'm gonna bro. film it. Finish. I'm gonna sell it to the finished. I'd be. I'd be finished after I flipped it to the press. Let's <laughs> <laughs> uh, speak about Arsenal quick. I'm a bit worried about this game. You know, the thing is, you, you cannot not go into this game not being worried, but at the same time, when you look at Leeds, right? And it's a team that I've watched Leeds. I've watched Leeds. I've watched them in the championship. Did you see when Leeds came and played us in the FA Cup? Yeah. When they came to Arsenal and they, you know something? They gave us a chasing, bro. They played they were, us. That first half oh my was God. like... It was, a, it was a joy to watch what they'd done to my team. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking, what's going on? Yeah. This team, I, when I watched that game, I remember saying that this team owe it to themselves to come and play in this league. When I watched them play mm-hmm. against us that first half, the movement and everything what they were doing and how they played against us, the confidence from back to front. But what you see with them is how reliant it is on every single player doing their exact specific job. You look at Calvin Phillips missing. They lost 4-1 on, on both occasions simply because no one else can play the role that he plays. Yeah, pieces of the puzzle, man. Exactly. So he doesn't plan B. And the thing with mm-hmm. Arsenal is we know exactly what is going to do, what he's coming to do or what we're going to try and do to them. He's not going to come and say, oh, you know what I mean? They've changed. Oh, he's playing here. There's nothing to work out. So when you look at Mikel, and, and obviously having the break that he's had with the loss that we had before the, the international break, he's had a lot of time to think about it. What he doesn't have to think about is how they're going to play. Mm-hmm. So we need to be ready for that. I'd really love to see him start with a back four and try and push some creativity through central areas because I think that if you start, I mean, weirdly, I would think about moving Aubameyang centrally and maybe playing yeah. Saka wide left mm-hmm. and Tierney behind, because then you've got the stability. Yeah. You've got the stability Natural that Tierney balance. gives you. And I would think about playing someone like Willian. I'd play him at maybe central. You know, would you? Well, if he's going to play, that is. If not, then I would think about... Willock? <sighs> yeah. Because we need to I mean, start yeah. thinking in that way now, because especially with that loss, Ryan, mm. that loss where I... It, the last thing I'm thinking, I ain't got no problem with us losing, but the way in which we lost, just, I just felt a little bit concerned. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree. With Mikel and the meticulous way in which he sets the team up, in which he's training and everything, what he's putting into those players, for them to have an off day like that, mm. it's, quite hard to, it's quite hard to stomach. Yeah, I think Lacazette needs a rest for a start. Um, yeah. Yeah, but also I think he's a really good option to have against the lead side for late on when they may tire. Yeah, but people saying that Ryan, but we're talking about a lead side that that's how they play. They can deal with this intensity. The, f- the fact is, is if if anything, which I've seen Leeds and I've watched them in the championship. Yes, they've faded a little bit in the end, but they can keep it going. Yeah, but Lacazette, I think having Lacazette coming on for the last 20 minutes is not a problem that a lot of defenders will will want because whilst his goal-scoring form hasn't been amazing, I think that what Lacazette does give, and I think it kind of often goes a little bit unnoticed, is that he's a real pest up front for a lot of defenders and he works hard. Having someone like that to come on in a game like this, first one back after the international break, could sap a little bit more energy than usual. Players have been away. Arsenal don't have El Elneny, Elneny, no. I think that's a big loss, right? I'm really starting to feel like 
as much as like I I I I ain't got no problem with the Williams signing. I just thought in the game there was too just too too many negative passes, um, too many backward passes. You know what I mean? When we look at his 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 um his map, you know what I mean? It felt it, 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 that's not what we need. Not with a yeah, team I mean, that's not creating. So I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing I would love more than to stick Joe Willock in there and just go 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 wild with a team that's not creating like we are not, Ryan. We need anything that's gonna get that's gonna get another person in the box and it's another person who's trying to progress the ball. It's only yeah. gonna help if we're gonna try to get the ball to Abamyang. We have yeah. to start looking at these. Reese Nelson, what's gonna happen with Reese Nelson? Because oh, not playing Pepe. I'm a bit worried about Reese. You have to be worried about Reese. You know what? To to a certain extent, Eddie as well, because we talked mm. about we talked about Lacquer, and we're seeing Lacquer and people talking about Lacquer's got to be taken out, maybe for his his just for himself, just to have a rest. And, and I, I agree with everything you said about what he gives us and how he plays. But Eddie now should be looking at what Lacquer does, why Lacquer's in the team, why he'll be picked over him even when he's not scoring. And he's got to start learning about the progression of himself because mm-hmm. by now, with the goals that we know that he's capable of scoring because he can get in the box and he can finish, should be adding those other things to his game to start saying, I should be putting a bit more pressure on on Laka. With all due respect, yeah. Laka, I'm just saying. I, I would have loved to. Have, I really would have loved to see Eddie go on loan to another Premier League club. You season, think? Actually, yeah, because I just think that it's 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 really hard to kind of when you're only getting cameos. It's really hard to. Brian, this is what I'm saying. He should have forced himself by now, especially with, yeah, the form of Laka. So yeah. If he goes on, and, so let's say he went at the start of this season to someone else, and Laka's in the form he's he's in, people will probably be saying. Oh, what did you put Eddie out on loan for? We should be there. The fact is, is that if, you know, if I had to speak to Eddie and we was having a real like chat, like, bum, listen, man, I'd be saying, listen, I don't know if you've, you've recognised it. Your opportunity is right now. The time is now, man. As a number nine, if you want to play that role, it's now because you've got a number nine at the moment whose who's, who's confidence is low. He brings so much to the team. But at the same time, if the manager had somebody that he could say, you know what, he's a goal threat and he's doing that pretty well, he'd probably play you. Mm. You know, I want Eddie I, to get angry. He needs to be angry. He needs. I want him angry. to do like you know how like the transformation that Jao Felix has made over the last couple of years. Yes, I like. Well, last him. well last year actually. Yeah. Jao's like, give me the ball, get out of the way. <laughs> I love. It. Yeah, that's what I want Reese to do. Give me the ball, get out of the way. Yeah, and this is why I'm I'm hoping that, you know, him and Joe might be basically a little bit busy with Operation Sancho, you know? Because they're all they're all boys, aren't they, them three? <laughs> Operation Sancho. Listen to you. I'm not you know what? I'm laughing because I'm it's it's not even in my dreams. It's not Yeah, I know. I just chucked just chucked a grenade into Arsenal Twitter there. You're gonna get see, I can say this shit because no one cares about me. Yes. And the Metro are gonna run with yeah, right says Sancho to Arsenal. <laughs> Is beyond his wildest dreams. This is, do you know what? I'm going to do this, yeah. man, because no one cares about me. So, yeah. I care. Yeah, it's like, I hang care. on, let me throw this out. Yeah, it's like you said in that WhatsApp group the other day where you spoke to Jaden, right? And, you, and he said that he wanted to go to Arsenal. <laughs> that's, the kind of, that's the kind of stuff where, you know what I mean? You put that out there. Yeah, it, it says, yeah, it's, it's not even in my wildest dreams. It's not in my wildest dreams. <laughs> Going back to the Leeds, Leeds Arsenal game, it's a worry. This one's a massive worry because of what happened previously before the international break, right? So it's a case of, you know, we know our leads are going to play. So I think it's going to be a little bit of pressure for Mikel simply because he's not going to throw in any curveballs. Yeah. I think the problem that leads have is that, and what we've got to make sure that we force upon them is because they're man-to-man people, we've got, mm-hmm. that man has got a specific job. And if a leads player doesn't do his job, that's when they fall apart. You know, that's when they fall apart. So we've got to try and put them under that kind of pressure. Um, and like I say, I can't get over the fact that we know what Bielsa is going to do. So Mikel, for me, maybe, you know, like the whole fan base at the moment is talking about um, Aubameyang down the middle. Mm. You, know, you know, the counter-attack, whether, you know what I mean? Like the way we played against United with, with Partey and Elneny, seeing Partey get in there, is there a space for Joe Willock? Can Reese get a chance and just say, Give me the ball, get out of the way. We've got to start doing something chaotic. Yeah, man. Inject it. But Leeds, I've got to say with Leeds, I don't want no one to beat my team. 
I don't want no, I don't want leads I don't want leads to get into a situation where they're they're struggling, man. I, I kind of like yeah. leads, but yeah. like I say, this is something where someone will interpret it saying, "Oh, Ian Wright doesn't want Arsenal to beat Leeds." Of course, I do. But Leeds and the, the, the Leeds and, and the manager and I know Bamford and you know what I mean people like Calvin. I just I'm I'm now like I say I'm not doing the tribalism now. I'm just you know the fans. Obviously, when Arsenal play, I'm very like oh same with Palace. You know what I mean? I very much want them to win. But like, I also want Leeds to be playing well in this league because I think well, they grace this league, bro. Yeah, let's, let's hope that uh, Arsenal win on the weekend and then Leeds win every other game until Christmas. Mm. There you you know go. That's a nice compromise. That's a nice, uh, and you know what? I hope that, you know, with everything going well right before we leave here, before we leave the yard, um, is that Leeds fans can see the Leeds side at Ellen Road before season mm. finishes. It's just, yeah, same. couldn't be any crueler. Sometimes, no, you know what I mean? Sometimes you look up and you say, what are you doing and why? Mm. You know? So, you know, let's hope that that can happen for every, all fans, to be honest. Yeah, you know, definitely. For everybody at the moment, it's shit time. So, you know, that's what I'm saying. Well, right, you're going to have to leave the yard. Yeah, I've got to bounce. You're going to bounce as well? Yeah, man. Right, take it easy, bro. Thanks for coming on to the house. Love you, man. Love you too, man. Take care. Take it easy, bro. So that's it for Wright's House. Thanks everybody for listening. Thanks, Wright. Love Wright. But for all the people who's saying to me, yeah, well, where can we get it, man? We can't get it, Wrighty, man. I'm here, I can't get it. You can get it everywhere now. So check it out. And you know what? Give me a rate and review. Tell, tell me how I'm doing. And, and you know, as harsh as you can, I, I take constructive criticism very well. Okay? But hey, it's all love, man. See you soon.